welcome. Excited to have you. I appreciate you tuning in to Bet on a Black Woman, a podcast about the inherent strength and resilience that Black women have become known for. I'm your host, Sab Jackson. If you enjoy listening to today's episode, please share this on your social media platforms if it has resonated with you in some way. Thank you in advance. Let's get it. Okay, so today's episode is my personal favorite. I mean, all these episodes are my favorite, but this is a passion of mine, if you will, one of my hobbies uh, that I wanted to introduce you to, introduce you to my hobby of wine drinking. I absolutely love wine drinking. Prosecco is my favorite, followed by most Chardonnays, if they are buttery or if they are creamy. And, uh, then reds. I live in Texas now. I am originally from Wisconsin and I used to drink a lot of red wines. The first thing that comes to people's mind when you say Wisconsin is like cold, right? And then reds are more of the warm you up type of drink or type of beverage. I still drink reds, but whites are definitely my favorite. There's this wine joke that I tell called, uh, not called, but it's a wine joke when people are like, well, what's your favorite kind of wine? And I'm like, oh, I go both ways. Chuckle, chuckle. It's meant to be funny. Like you go both ways when drinking wine. I know. Anyhow, thank you for joining today's episode. I'm again, really excited to have you. And let's start off with me not liking the stereotype that some black wine drinkers continue to perpetuate. And that's that all people of color, all Black people, all they want to do is drink Moscato. But if you don't patronize wine events enough and you still love wine and you love Moscato, that's fine. It's just the stereotype that all Black people like Moscato is just kind of annoying to me as a wine drinker. And that stereotype stems from the notion that, or the fact, it's it's an actual fact, is that the African-American taste index tends to lean towards sweeter drinks. So when you initially start out drinking wine, most people do start out drinking sweet wines. And that is, there's no shame in that. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with drinking Moscato at all. But the perception that all Black people like Moscato just needs to just be gone. It just needs to be eradicated. It just needs to die. (laughs) Because I've gone to a wine store and I've had white and Black ask me, am I looking for something sweet? Without even asking me what my preferences have been. And that infuriates me. It hasn't happened uh, in a while, but that has been my experience. And I'm positive that that has probably been some other uh, Black people's experience when going to the wine store. But I will no longer shame people for drinking Moscato. No, I don't shame. I I take that, I mean, use a different word. I will no longer throw up the stink face when when people say Moscato. I, uh, I just won't because people have their preferences. Everyone has their preference, but it's just, if you're really serious about drinking wine, and you really want to explore the whole wine world, you can, you, and you start sweet again, that is okay. But maybe move to something a little bit lighter, sweet, maybe something like a, a Vouvray, 
spelled B-O-U-V-R-A-Y. And that'll help wean you off of just liking sweet wines. And then you will be open to exploring other wines. That's how I started out. I started out sweet. I got tired of the sugary type of drinks and I wanted to push my palate to do different things. And that's ultimately what happened. I started drinking more drier reds. Uh, I started out with sweet reds, but then I started out with dry your reds. And uh, yeah, I started out with drier reds. And then as my palate, your palate just evolves. When you start drinking different things, you start wanting to try different things. And one of the things that I absolutely love about wine, and I'll, and I'll glean this example from the Swirl Sweet podcast, is the process of how the vine digs deep or the root. It digs deep in the root and it produces this fruit that becomes this commodity that moves across the world. I absolutely love the education around wine, obviously the taste of wine, more so the education and the camaraderie and the friendships uh, that you make because it's a social drink. I started out being a social drinker because you get to interact and engage and talk with different people and learning their preferences and learning about what they drink and they introduce you to different drinks. It's just a fun world to be in. Absolutely fun world. You get to go to these different wine events. Again, just meeting different people, learning about what they drink. I save all of my corks. I save my labels. It's just fun. Everybody has their thing. That's my thing. I save my labels. I save my corks. I love networking and building and all that fun stuff. So one of the things that I wanted to mention about drinking wine when you are starting out, if you're new to it and you're still kind of dipping your toe in the pool, is don't, it's just to have fun with it. Don't take this seriously. Don't take it too seriously. Drink what you like, but also think about what you like about what it is that you're drinking. Is there a lot of acidity in it? You know, the acidity meaning like the tart, uh, the tartness of the wine that you're drinking. Is it sweet? Is it dry? And a good way to understand the dryness is to have a tea bag. Take like, this is what I did in a wine bin. I had a tea bag. So uh, picture yourself drinking unsweetened tea. That's kind of what I mean by the dryness. And I use the tea bag example because I held an event, or I had an event where I wanted to test the five basic wine characteristics. And what that is, of what you're getting from the wine, is that you're getting you're either getting sweetness, acidity, which is the the, the lemony tartness of it, you the tannin, which is the um, dryness that you're getting from a tea bag. One way, the best way that I can describe it is if you had a small glass of wine and you took a tea bag and you put that tea bag in the wine and then you tasted that wine, then you'll see what I mean by just the actual uh, tannin of the drink. Then alcohol, obviously alcohol, uh, the alcohol components of the wine uh, that that goes without saying. And then also body. Body is the fullness that you get from the wine. So you won't get a, a rosé isn't full body. 
a red wine is more full-bodied. And you understand that when it comes to your tongue. You would absolutely understand that. Um, So again, just having fun. Don't take it too seriously. Uh, Think about what it is that you are, not only what you're drinking, but what you're smelling. And that can be challenging as well because the vocabulary of wine, like I don't, I don't know what certain fruits are. I don't, I, I know strawberry, I know cherry, I know banana, I know grapes, <laughs> but the vocabulary of what it is that you're smelling can be challenging as well. Uh, so I, yeah, I did. I have a, I had a wine event about a year or two ago where I invited some friends over or not invited some friends. Yeah, I had invited some friends over. And I wanted to test the four, the four, I said five basic principles, but I tested the four principles. So I tested the, I wanted people to understand the sweetness, the acidity, the tannin and the alcohol. And what I did for sweet is I put some sugar, I had four cups. I put sugar in one cup for the, for the sweetness, for the acidity, I put a lemon in one cup. And then for the tannins, I put a tea bag and for the alcohol, I had like vodka uh, and we all, it was all, it was all red wine and I had a, a certain amount of red wine in each cup. And for the sweetness, again, sugar, acidity, the lemon, tannin, the tea bag, alcohol, vodka. So you get, you understand, I was trying to teach people the basic characteristics of their wines and helping them understand what they liked about certain wines. And it was an awesome event. I was so excited about it. Uh, the next thing that I want to talk about is faking it till you make it. <laughs> what I mean by that is let's say you're going to a wine event and you're just so overwhelmed by how, how snobby some people act or how some people tend to act like they know so much more about wine than you do. And they probably do, but you know just as much about wine because you knew enough to even be at that wine event to be sampling and tasting different wines. So don't ever let anyone intimidate you when you're at a wine event, ever. Faking it till you make it. So some things that you can talk about when you're at a wine event is maybe the the, the four S's, which is swirl, sniff, sip, spit, and savor. I said four, but that was five. Uh, you can talk about, let's see, you can also talk about a wine, joke. <laughs> a wine joke. You you can also talk about, uh, say something if you're at a wine event about, about how Chardonnay is the world's most popular white wine. You can talk about how Pinot Grigio is the most popular wine produced in Italy, next to Prosecco, my favorite. And uh, you can talk about um, the best temperature. Well, this sounds really boring. The best temperatures to serve wine, reds between 65 and 68, whites between 48 and 53. No one, I do not expect you to remember that. Hell, I don't even remember remember that, but I know whites should be chilled, not ice cold, but moderately chilled. And then some reds can be chilled as well. Uh, No temperature. If you just like it mildly cold and not hot, hot, that's okay as well. Um, let me see what else you can talk about faking it till you make it. But yeah, those are some things you can talk about. Uh, again, just the wine temperature you can talk or you can tell a wine joke. I, I would tell wine jokes sometimes. And one wine joke that I 
tell sometimes is uh, what did the grape say after the elephant sat on it? Nothing. It just let out a little whine. Get it? Whine? Get it? Sorry, another another corny joke. I love wine jokes. So let me see what else you can. How do you taste your wine when you're going to wine events? Like, how do you figure out how to taste certain wines? Because that wine goes down on your tongue a specific way. It, it it's it's weird. It's hard to explain. I don't know all the semantics when it comes to tasting wine, but you can start out by looking at it. So when you're drinking wine and you're at a wine event, if you have a wine glass, if you're at a wine event, you may or may not have a wine glass, but look at it. Look, is it dark? Is it light? Is it, look at those things. Smelling it is the next thing you can do because that really, really, truly enhances your experience of that wine. And then you want to taste it. And as you're tasting it, then stop for a moment and think about it. Think about what it is that you are, what kind of profiles are you getting? Like think about, yeah, just essentially think about what it is that you're tasting and similar to smelling it. When you are smelling it, identify what it is. And um, again, looking at it visually when you're starting out. So look, so Again, I, I, I apologize, you guys. I'm so excited about this subject. I really am. So when, again, when you're getting ready to taste, look at it, then smell it, then taste it. And then when you're done, think about it. Okay. So those are some things that you can do. Uh, also, what I want you to do is really start immersing yourself into the culture. If you're really serious about this whole wine thing, again, remember not to take it too seriously. Always have fun with it. And some things that you can do by immersing yourself in the culture is joining different wine groups on social media. So I have a wine group here in Dallas called North Dallas Black Wine Lovers on Facebook. You can also join the Facebook group Black Wine Lovers. You can join another Facebook group called Friends Who Like Wine in the Glass. Those are some, those are three uh, social media Facebook groups that I am a part of that I get a lot, a lot of value from, that I've met some great wine friends in that group. Not great, but good <laughs> wine friends in that group. Some really valuable wine friends in that group. Someone that you can follow on Facebook or Twitter is the Dallas Wine Chick. She isn't this wine savant. She isn't, she's just a woman who, like me, who just likes to drink wine and she writes about it. Uh, Texas Wino, spelled W-I-N-E-A-U-X. You can follow him on, uh, what is he? I think he is, he's on both Facebook and Twitter. My, the, my Vine Spot blog. You can also follow, she is the Wine Enthusiast Magazine Editor-in-Chief, Susan Kostrola, and I apologize if I'm butchering her name. And then you can also follow the uh, blog Wine Folly, Wine Folly spelled W-I-N-E, Folly, F-O-L-L-Y. So you can follow those uh, platforms. But those are my tips. Those are things that... I want you to consider if you're really serious about wine, 
skip that, that, scratch that. You don't have to be really serious, but you have to be interested in the, in the world because it can be really fun. It can open up a lot of fun doors for you and help you learn things that you never learned before. And it takes you on a fun journey. I love traveling around the world through a glass, through the bottle. That's how it feels when you're opening up different bottles from Italy or Spain or Argentina. It's a lot of fun for me. It may not be for you, but if you are interested and if you do love wine, this could absolutely be fun for you. So with that, let's see. I hope that, oh, my job search update. So I, so you didn't get an episode last week because I was just, I had like three different interviews prior to, and, uh, preparing, researching, it, it was a whirlwind. Uh, so we'll see, we'll see how those interviews go. Uh, it's just, it's a challenge. The whole job searching thing is an, it's an absolute challenge. It's not meant to be fun. But you, I have to remain optimistic. I do. I absolutely have to remain optimistic, continue to plug away, continue to be on LinkedIn as I am, continue to post uh, qualitatively, qualitative things on, the so- on my social media platforms. I'm just continuously doing it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's where I am. That's where I am right now in my job search. I'm still interviewing, still applying, still hoping, and still praying. So we are at the end of our segment. Oh, bet on her segment. So this is a segment of the podcast where I want to highlight a Black woman in her career transition of jobbing. I want to know her name, what kind of role she's looking for, what value she brings, last last role that she interviewed for. And this is more so for her and for her in hopes that someone is listening to this podcast and they are like, okay, she sounds like someone that would be good for my company. Let me go ahead and reach out, reach out. That's what that is. So with that, thanks for joining today's episode and we'll talk to you soon. Bye.